Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. This is Sherry Beck, and today my guest is Keith Manley. Keith is a retired Army EOD technician and currently serves as the program lead for Panhandle Warrior Partnership. Keith, welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. I am looking forward to chatting with you about your new initiative with Panhandle Warrior Partnership. But first, tell me where you're from and why you chose the military. Hi, Sherry. Uh, it's, it's a real pleasure to be here, and, and thank you for inviting me. So I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, the large EOD presence up there, so I was always around it. Um, and I chose the military because every every man in my family, uh, going on all the way back from the Ellis Island days back in the 1920s, uh, served in the military in one branch or the other. So uh, I just always knew that when I graduated high school, I was going to be going off to uh, to one branch or the other. Mm-hmm. So a, a long history of, of military service. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Carry on the tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a long, a long, uh, a long history of uh, military NCOs, and I went over from the uh, NCO side to the officer side later in my career. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if my if my my ancestor NCOs would have appreciated that too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they would be very proud. That is for sure. Um, well, Keith, I understand that you actually started off in the Army, then you transitioned over to the Navy, and then towards the end of your career, you went through EOD school and uh, were in the active National Guard. Um, tell us why you chose EOD and, um, you know, just tell us about your career there. Yeah, absolutely. It was um... Pretty, it wasn't your standard uh, join the military, do 20 years, and then retire. Uh, I was actually a soldier in, in Desert Storm, a medic in, uh, in uh, Airborne. So I got to do some of that Fort Bragg stuff uh, uh, with the 44th Med Brigade uh, in Desert Storm. Came back, uh, came off active duty, and uh, spent about a year and a half uh, in college. And um, I really wanted to go back in the military. And um, it was back in the early to mid '90s, and um, uh, the army wasn't taking prior service anymore. So I started looking at the other branches. I saw the Navy, and um, something pulled me to aviation ordnance in the Navy. I just really, uh, I thought it was really fascinating all the ordnance and fusing mechanisms and different things like that. So I followed my heart, and I went AO and uh, spent some time on the USS George Washington in the Navy. Um, when the late 90s rolled around, I applied for EOD school, and the packet was in place, and uh, it looked like everything was going well, and uh, and that's when my, at the time I had two children, and uh, their mother was a nurse, and she got caught up on the uh, opiate, opioid uh, uh, epidemic around the country, and um, it ended up costing her a life. Um, mm. The demons took over there, and uh, so I became a single dad on active duty in the Navy, which uh, 
you know, they wouldn't let me re-enlist from that. And I ETSed out. And, and that's when I went back to Huntsville and joined the National Guard. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't know it, but the National Guard has a, uh, a group uh, battalion and two companies, three companies in the Southeast and all over the country. So I joined the National Guard in 99, and um, they immediately sent me to EOD school through that resource. Uh, graduated, and then I went off to... Uh, you know, when you graduate EOD school and go back to the civilian world, you really have three things that you can do. Uh, you can either be a, a policeman and be on a bomb squad somewhere. Uh, you can do counter IED training of some sort. Or you can go to the UXO or unexploded ordnance uh, side of the house. And so I started out with UXO. Uh, I spent about 13 years doing unexploded ordnance recovery. And in the meantime, I also jumped on board with the counter IED training. So I was able to travel around and, and train soldiers, airmen, Marines, and, and sailors before they went over to uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, um, we got to train them under the JTAC program to uh, get them prepared for what they might encounter over there. So that was pretty rewarding. Eventually, I went to project and program management um, on the EOD side of the house. And uh, I guess all that finally led to to looking for a, uh, a bigger meaning in life. And that's how I ended up uh, jumping over into the veteran nonprofit arena. Uh, I wanted to do something that was bigger than myself. And um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I love I love working in the nonprofits. Um, so far, no one's tried to stab me in the back. <laughs> like my, I might get in the corporate world out there, you know what I mean? So right. it, it's really great, and, and all the community uh, leaders have been so uh, so open to talking with me. So I guess that answered that question in full, huh? <laughs> yeah, you did a great job. And um, I think that all of your experience throughout your military career and just personal experiences too, I'm sure contribute to you being um, – an excellent candidate for this particular program, uh, Keith. So um, I know that this this uh, job is new to you. Um, I think maybe three months now or something to that effect. But um, you you recently did apply and accepted the position as program lead at the Panhandle Warrior Partnership. And can you tell our listeners about the mission of Panhandle Warrior Partnership and specifically about your role as program lead? So, yeah, I'm the new program lead for the Panhandle Warrior Partnership. We also call it PWP for short. Um, our aim is to empower the Panhandle community to empower their local veterans. And uh, although that sounds pretty uh, pretty simple, we're not just a gap uh, filler between the nonprofit organizations, the VA, and then all the veterans. We actually, we're actually performing a grassroots effort to get, to get in to the veteran community in the Panhandle. And we're talking about 110,000 or so uh, veterans around the Panhandle in the five counties. Uh, that doesn't include all their family members and caregivers. Um, and, and it's a grassroots effort, like I said. Uh, it's, we, 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 we set out to use all of the available resources on the Panhandle before we use our national resources. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's that's really important for the for the local uh, uh, nonprofits and things around the the panhandle because we're not pulling those resources away from them. We're actually taking the resources to them. 
Um, and it's a four-step program. We, uh, we connect, we educate, we advocate, and collaborate. Now, I know those are your typical veteran nonprofit words, but uh, we stand by those. And the plan is, is duly focused on veteran in the community. Uh, build relationships with all the veterans. Uh, build a relationship with existing service providers in the community. Uh, ensure veterans receive the support that they've earned. And uh, advocate with the community to ensure that appropriate services exist that will strengthen the support for the veterans locally. Uh, we intend to work with the veterans to create a holistic plan to improve their quality of life. I just hired my first case coordinator. Uh, he's a top-notch guy. He's been with a company called Ninety Works over in Pensacola, working with the homeless for you know a decade. Um, so, uh, and and we're we're about to hire our first outreach coordinator as well. And that's when we're really going to hit it hot and heavy with this veteran outreach uh, and really get to know our veterans in the community. Uh, we also work with community leaders and service providers and, you know, wonderful people like you, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and my role as the program leads to leverage the four-step plan, uh, proactively outreach, engage, and holistically support the Panhandle Warriors. Um, and by holistic, what I mean is we have a will and we have uh, eight different areas that we really focus on. Uh, housing, of course, um, education, earned benefits, health, all, all the big ones. Mm -hmm. But we also we also uh, focus on employment, um, uh, relationships, uh, even spirituality um, and recreation. Of course, my most fun one. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love working, working with guys. Uh, yeah. Anybody wants to ever go trail running, I'm, I'm there for you. Yeah, there you go. So, Anyway, so I hope that answers that question. Sure, um, a lot of a lot of great information, and I I love um, the four step plan that you mentioned to connect, educate, advocate, and collaborate. I think all of those things are really wide reaching, and um, I'm wishing you guys a you know great success with the program. And uh, man, 110,000 veterans in the Panhandle of Florida—that's a lot. I know. It's, uh, it's definitely a hot spot for veterans. Uh, veterans that retire here, a, lot, a high percentage tends to stay here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our, our, our Emerald Coast community is just, well, amazing. You know, I, I don't have to tell you, we're both members of it. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, you mentioned, you gave a little... Um, bit of information in regards to where the Panhandle Warrior Partnership started, but um, it is an actual program of a larger organization called America's Warrior Partnership out of Augusta, Georgia. Um, why is the focus of helping veterans in the Panhandle of Florida so important? And what is the major demand at this time? Yes, uh, America's Warrior Partnership has been around a few years now they've been extremely successful a nationwide organization with with uh, close relationships with uh, well the gary sinise foundation and that the new avalon network they're really excited to be working with those guys uh all the big ones wwp and, and various um, um organizations out there but uh so i have a huge reach back um when I was hired, basically, they told me that it was kind of like having a, your own small business to start up with a huge reachback capability to a larger entity, which is the America's Warrior Partnership. And so far, it's been invaluable. Um, cool. Let's see. Yeah. Integration proven model. Uh, they have a community integration model that they've put together over the years that they found to be very successful. Um 
and it's put together through the use of their best practices. And it, it, it's a growing thing, and it continually gets better all the time. But uh, we use it here, and the intent is to uh, support Panhandle veterans, their families, and caregivers through this community integration model. Uh, it's an important area because of the large population of veterans and transitioning service members in the area, like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, Keith, tell me who qualifies for your services, and what is it that Panhandle Warrior Partnership specifically offers for veterans? I, I understand, you know, that you're trying to connect and help the population of, you know, the veteran themselves, the families, the caregivers, and that sort of thing. But is there anything that you wanted to point out specifically that that the Panhandle Warrior Partnership will offer? We can assist all service members. Um, if you ever raised your right hand, so this includes the uh, active duty, uh, reserves, National Guard, retired, uh, discharged. Uh, a lot of the different various discharges that aren't necessarily honorable. We, um, you know, there are programs out there mm-hmm. for you guys. You need to reach out to us and, uh, and talk about it, uh, regardless of their character of discharge. Additionally, we support family members and caregivers as part of our holistic service model. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, specifically to, to veterans, uh, if you've ever if you've ever tried to go out and do benefits on your own, you ever try to go through the VA or vocational rehab. Um, it's an uphill struggle. It really is, especially folk rehab. I don't know why they make that so difficult. Uh, so you really need someone. You need someone to to be able to call and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in this program or, or this recreational activity or, hey, my kids really like horses. Uh, is there an equine therapy center around? It's just in anything. And, and if you have that one number that you can call and, and we're not out there looking for anything from the veteran at all, our, you know, our entire purpose is to help you. And um and we're not looking to take anything away from the organizations and panhandle, certainly. But, um, you know, it's a one-stop shop. Uh, you give us a call, uh, our case coordinators, myself, uh, we're always available. And, and we'll, uh, we'll put you in the direction that you want to go. And we'll offer you some suggestions uh, for stuff that you may not have thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, you just give a little insight on, on your life and, and what's going on. And, and we'll, uh, we'll do everything we can to help you. Right. Absolutely with a caring heart. Well, that's important. And um, I like the fact that you talked about, you know, anybody that raised their right hand to join the service and also that um, the the character of discharge was not a disqualifier, if you will. And certainly there are organizations that only uh, take take folks with an honorable discharge and they have their reasons for that. And it's, it's no problem whatsoever. But um, I think when you're working with such a large veteran population in this area or, or wherever it may be, it's it's important to be inclusive in the types of services that you offer. Um, I get the understanding that Panhandle Warrior Partnership serves really as a conduit to connect veterans with, with other benevolent organizations. So I'm going to just throw an example out there um, and say – if you met an EOD veteran in the panhandle and that person was in need of maybe um, some sort of financial assistance or an additional resource, um, you would then probably reach out to the EOD Warrior Foundation, since we are in this area, to 
see what kind of uh, services we could potentially offer that that veteran. Um, am I correct in saying that? Yes, yes. Uh, if a veteran is eligible for EOD programs, we would do a you know a warm handoff to the EOD Warrior Foundation to connect that veteran to resources and assistance. Uh, we always exhaust our local resources before we go national. I think that, you know, I said it earlier, too, and I think that's very important. And um, we measure success based on the veteran receiving access to the support that they requested. Um, you know, occasionally, uh, if we refer a veteran to an organization that may not necessarily be in it for the best intentions, um, or maybe they're going through some uh, some chaotic times internally in their organization, and they don't give that veteran the support that they requested. That veteran, if we haven't already found out about it, that veteran you know, can contact us, and we'll we'll definitely um, um, not only make sure the veteran gets the services they need through other organizations, but um, you know, we'll do a little research and investigation and see what's going on with that particular uh, organization and, and see if they're still, you know, uh, viable for helping uh, in those particular instances. Right. So, you know, continue to follow up with both the veteran and the partner until the success has been achieved. We don't just um, we don't just send a veteran somewhere and uh, forget it. Right. You know? There's there's a follow up, um, which I think Absolutely. is important because in just in the experience of working in the nonprofit space and working with active duty service members, veterans, what have you, um, follow up is so important uh, because you just you want to make sure that if there's something else that pops up, that you're available to answer questions, but also maybe point them in the right direction of of getting the assistance that they need. So, follow up is definitely important. Absolutely, absolutely. And so many times, you know, someone will kick a veteran over referred to an organization and then they'll just you know, kind of drop the case and assume that the veteran got taken care of. And, uh, you know, I know me personally, if I've ever been referred to an organization that my first reaction was these people are incompetent or these people aren't here for me, I may not necessarily reach back to mm-hmm. the person that sent me that direction. Uh, but but we make sure that we that we follow up uh, every time, all the time. Uh, right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, um, it sounds like you are definitely on on the right track, and congratulations in hiring your, your two first employees. Very excited to see where, where all this leads, Keith. So, Keith, thank you for sharing all of the information you have up to this point. And I'm curious to know how you plan to meet your goals for 2021. Yeah, America's Warrior Partnership. They, uh, we work to create a mutually beneficial relationship with those invested in supporting the panhandle community. Our motto is to do the work uh, based on the need that's there. Uh, those interested in supporting the panhandle community can then determine if the need's important to fill. Uh, Our interest is in building up the community as a whole, and that includes supporting our partners' capacities to serve as well. Very nice. Well, and it's probably worth mentioning, too, that, you know, the outreach and everything that you're going to be doing um, through case management and and all of the the people that you intend to hire for the future – 
there is a level of um, responsibility for the veteran also to to engage and and be a part of whatever you are offering. Um, sometimes it's 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 almost like you can get them to a certain point and then things may not happen fast enough and they get discouraged. And I think the follow-up again is one of the key factors here that will help you build a, a really successful program. Oh, thank you. I hope so. There's, there's no room for failure actually. So. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Heard that. <laughs> All right. So, Tell me about the programs that are in the works for 2021. Um, you mentioned about um, all of your programs are more of a holistic approach. And tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, we've got big plans. Uh, the PWP is actively involved with the uh, Florida's Governor's Challenge. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, are, are you guys doing any of the Florida's Governor's Challenge? No, I, I have heard of it, but I would love for you to, um, you know, expand upon that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's to identify and screen for you know, suicide risks, promote uh, connectedness, and improve uh, care transitions through our use of the America Warrior Partnership uh, Community Integration Model, which is, you know, an upstream comprehensive approach to suicide prevention. Uh, we believe that suicide prevention is a quality of life issue. And it starts with our holistic approach. Um, by improving veterans' quality of life, we're increasing you know, protective factors to end, to end veteran suicide. And um, well, community integration model focuses on supporting each of these veterans, you know, holistically as we talked in the eight areas uh, to improve their quality of life. So, you know, housing, employment, relationships, but also spirituality, of course, education, you know, access to earned benefits, health, recreation. Um, Okay. And then absolutely follow-ups and, you know, just staying with that veteran. Once we get the veteran in our, in our database, they're, you know, we're, we're there for them. And they're, you know, hopefully they're going to continue to reach out to us as they need different things as well. Right. Creating a reciprocal relationship would be cool. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, well, why is the nonprofit space of helping veterans so important to you, Keith? Oh, wow. I've, in my career, I've been surrounded by some of the most amazing people, um, you know, especially in the EOD community. I, I've never been, you know, I'm, I'm no hero. <laughs> um, I, I love these guys. I have been girls. I absolutely love them. Uh, we have some of the most professional, intelligent, uh, fun to drink with guys in the entire military in the EOD, as you know. Uh, <laughs> Our, our female EOD techs are the most uh, amazing, amazing people. Uh, tough, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's more tough and professional, and and, and I just, I guess, I can't say enough about uh, our EOD techs, both males and females out there making a difference every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to do something bigger than myself. Uh, to, to help the community, to give back what, what they've done for me. Because when I went to EOD school, I was just getting, I mean, I, I was coming, coming off active duty. Uh, they weren't going to let me reenlist because I was a single dad. 
Um, my first job off active duty was working on a wire plant, making wire uh, for $8.50 an hour uh, until I bounced into EOD school. Um, and somehow I made it through that. Uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, but a lot of work. And uh, as soon as I got through EOD school, suddenly I'm, uh, you know, my career is moving forward. Uh, the kids, uh, we're not living on uh, frozen pizzas and macaroni and cheese anymore. You know, things are happening in our life. And and it, uh, it, it created who I am today. And because of that, um, you know, all the kids are out of the house now. Um, as soon as we got all five of them out of there, my wife and I sold everything and moved down here to Florida. And we're doing the, you know, the semi-retired life. She's a teacher and I just, uh, I just felt like I wanted to do something with my life that actually meant something. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't looked back yet and I'm really excited about the whole opportunity. So that's exactly why I got into it, uh, to help those people that are so awesome in my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> seems um, a little dramatic. I know. <laughs> no, it's not dramatic. I think that came from the heart and I'm excited for you. Um, there's, there's certainly a lot of opportunity here to help. And uh, we need people. We need people in the nonprofit space that really care, and that's that's so important when you're working with with veterans or or just human beings, Keith. I mean, you've you've got to have a level of compassion and empathy, and and lots of things that make up um, who you are, and and you know, show up for people. It's it's very very important. Um, well. Before I go to the to the next question, is there is there anything or a piece of advice that you would give to any new graduate from NAV School EOD? Oh boy, uh, buckle up, hang on tight, because mm-hmm. it it's a life changer. Absolutely, once you once you come out on the other side and you got that crab, uh, you're part of a community that. Uh, that's that's gonna gonna take care of you, and you're gonna take care of it. And it's it's like having a whole new family. Absolutely. So uh, I guess that's what I would say. I would say, get, hang on. Yeah, hang on. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how does a veteran in the Panhandle get in touch with you or the organization? Well, uh, you know, our, our big launch is May 12th, uh, but we have a lot of stuff, which I guess is when this is going to air, but, uh, but we just certainly have a lot of stuff happening between now and then uh, to get ready for that, and we're actually semi-launched already. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff, but um, we have a, a website, panhandlewarriorpartnership.org. Uh, you can also, you know, refer refer to go through the website. Uh, phone calls are great, obviously as well. You can reach our case coordinators at eight five zero two four five vets v e t s. So we've got that number locked in. Um, but yeah, PanhandleWarriorPartnership.org, and you'll see a uh, uh, partners complete referral forms and things like that on the on the website. Um, and Certainly, you can you can contact me anytime. I'm pretty pretty available out there. So okay, very good. So you definitely want to you know um, tell people to go to the web website first and fill out the form um, so that they can get the like your 
your caseworkers and such can get the information first and, and know where to go and, and what direction to take them. Um, I think Absolutely. that's important. And, and, and mm-hmm. people should also know that, that their information is always safe with us. Uh, any personally identifiable information that we receive, uh, HIPAA-type stuff, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on, on confidentiality of people's personal information. Yeah. Well, trust is a huge thing, Keith. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Um, so when we, when I actually push this out to the community, Keith, I will put the website and I will include the phone number and those sorts of things. So when people click on the podcast to listen, they can actually see the write up and know where to go also. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. And one of the things that I like to do at the end of the podcast is have a little more fun, um, lighten it up a little bit, and just ask a few questions about um, what are some of your favorites. So I am going to start with uh, what is your favorite way to recharge? Favorite way to recharge? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a trail runner and by trail running, that doesn't mean that I run fast. I'm probably never going to win a race. Uh, my trail name is, is uh, shaved Sasquatch. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to use that on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm six, five, two fifty, and I got a bald head and I trail run. So yeah, uh-huh. I guess they kind of but uh, I love getting out on the trails. I think it's a very spiritual thing for me. It connects me with with the universe. Uh, good times. It's also great for, for my mind, body, and soul. I think trail running. Uh, we should have more trail running, especially for people that suffer from you know anxiety and uh, different different aspects of what you might see in the military community. Right. Uh, so I really like that. Uh, I scuba dive uh, recreationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced open water patty diver. So I like to do that. Uh, my wife and I uh, annually work with the uh, dive against debris program. So we go out to the jetties out here in Destin. A lot of trash gets collected there and we go out and dive and we, we collect all that trash. And sometimes we find money. So it kind of rewards us a little. <laughs> you find um, some treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I found a couple of GoPros down in there. And uh, yeah, you never know what you're going to find when you're diving. Let me tell you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's how I recharge, uh, you know, living here on Okaloosa Island, uh, there's a lot of palm trees and we do a lot of walking up and down the beach. Uh, I, I enjoy my morning coffee. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. where are the, where are some of the trails that you use to run here on, on Okaloosa Island or in the Panhandle? Um, Timber Lake, uh, mountain, well, it's mountain bike trails, but it's also for trail running and hiking and stuff. Uh, there's about up on the north side of Fort Walton here, across from the municipal golf course up there off Range Road. There's about 30 miles of, of just top quality, awesome trails. Uh, you know, birds, squirrels, lots of different uh, foliage. Occasionally, you see a little black bear. Uh, I was out running the trails one day and ran over top of a hill, and there was a rather large male black bear. Uh, he looked at me, I looked at him, and we ran separate directions, and that's pretty much the end of my my connection with that bear. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. good times out there, though, for sure. Very cool. <laughs> Sounds nice. Sounds really nice. Um, well, what uh, what is your favorite book? Do you have a favorite book or a favorite author? 
I love reading books. And, um, oh, gosh. You know, let me tell you a story. My doctor, uh, Dr. Pappas, uh, here in Fort Walton Beach, he is a retired Fulbert colonel, was the, the doctor for Delta Force, all the Delta Force guys at Fort Bragg. Uh, before he retired and he came down here for a private practice and he's my family doctor and i went in one day and uh told him i was feeling a little anxious uh, a little nervous lately and i'm not really a pill guy uh, so he he said look i got a book that a lot of my friends have read before and i've enjoyed and i'd like to prescribe it to you so he printed off the Amazon of this book, and he said, here, this is your prescription for the day. And it was called um, The Four Agreements. And uh, it, it's, it's a self-help book. You know, there's so many great self-help books out there. But this one really spoke to me. It, it taught me not to take things personally, and it taught me to be impeccable with my word. And I think maybe uh, now that I've read it a couple of times, and it's basically just this, a, a quick you know, I like to read a paragraph of it occasionally when I need it. But uh, I think that might have been one of the things that pushed me into the veteran nonprofit arena as well. So I like I love that book. Of course, uh, living here on the beach, you know, uh, Jimmy Buffett, believe it or not, is a pretty good author. He, he writes some great books. And um, of course, Hemingway is always there. Cool. Well, I'm yeah. going to check out the four agreements. I'm very interested in that. I think that sounds. It, 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 yeah, it's, it's really been a. I mean, you take what you you take what you want to out of a book, and you leave the rest. And Absolutely. I found that I took about ninety percent of that book, and, and it really worked for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's with anything, you know. Even if you're trying a new, a new, you know, form of meditation or a form of anything that you're trying to do to improve your life, you take what works for you, and you and you go with it. So I like that a lot, and I will make sure I list the book. On, on the podcast as well. Um, oh, right thank, so thank that, uh, I don't think I get any money from the uh, people who wrote the book, though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, okay, one final question. How about your favorite holiday? Oh, Christmas. Absolutely. Christmas yeah. on the beach? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love, the, I love uh, hanging Christmas lights, even though it's a lot easier now that I have a condo instead of a house. So uh, I can I can pretty much put all the Christmas tree and Christmas lights up in about an hour and a half. Yeah, you're also six uh, five, Keith. So that really helps too. You don't probably don't need a ladder or or a very large one. <laughs> nope, not at all. And uh, we pay that HOA every month so that they can go out there and uh, put all the rest of the decorations up. So very nice. Very nice. But yeah, Christmas. It's you know it's a great family time. Uh, some people I know have. Um, have uh, past experiences that make Christmas uncomfortable. And uh, so there is a rise in depression and things like that during the holidays. So it's even more important that that me and my organization get out there during the holidays and, and really try to make a difference in people's lives uh, during that time. Yeah. So, Spread some cheer, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Very good. Well, Keith, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today, and I'm excited to get this podcast out into the world. 
And I hope our listeners glean some information, some important information here in the Panhandle of Florida specifically, but also know that the Panhandle Warrior Partnership is specifically for, obviously, the Panhandle of Florida. However, the national organization is also America's Warrior Partnership, which is um, further reaching. So um, I will put that on the on the resource section too, Keith, just so that people know that they have a bigger bigger resource to reach out to if there's a need or one of our listeners has a veteran in a different area that may be in need of some assistance they can reach out so absolutely we're building communities all over the country based on on need and uh you know my motto is one size fits one mm-hmm. uh called everybody's different every veteran every family member every service provider is, is a different scenario and we look at those and, and we connect and we help Absolutely. So thank you. I appreciate all your time today. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Keith, and I uh, look forward to being in touch and working with you. And um, hopefully, um, you know, twenty twenty one will will end with a, a real a real bang. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Take care, Keith. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.